The Matt Wyatt Show podcast is made possible by Mississippi Land Bank. Buying or selling, make sure you go there first. Online at mslandbank.com. That's Mississippi Land Bank, where they understand the lay of the land in North Mississippi. Hour two has begun. Rolling along with you here on this Tuesday. Two for Tuesday. Lots of uh, yapping it up conversation happening right now on the live feed over on uh, Facebook and YouTube. Hey to y'all. Thanks for the text on the country, please, and text line. A whole bunch to get to, in fact, still. Nickelback, Nick, Ghost Pepper, Jason, everybody. And in a few minutes, if everything goes according to plan, we'll get a chance to chat it up with Shane Matthews, former Florida Gator All-American. So looking forward to that. It's my show. Let's hit this button, and here we go. Five seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. Won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. As there's caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to the Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. All right. I think we are officially started in hour number two. JB, somebody texted us. It's an unnamed texter. Somebody texted us and said that they just passed primetime on I-55. Really? Yeah, look at that. Unnamed texter said, I just passed old primetime on 55. Well, my, my computer went down during the break, so I'm waiting for it to boot back up. Well, my question is, was he on foot? Give him up. Right. I mean, pick him up. All right. Nickelback. He, have, he must have some kind of uh, you know, car that would... Set him apart. Yeah, he must do it. <laughs> or maybe the tag says Prime on it. I don't know. Uh, Nickelback. It could be the local beef guy. Yeah, it's true. It could be. Uh, Nickelback in the country, please, in Texas. Uh, Drew Brees is also having to deal with something that he hasn't had to deal with, really, since he's been with the Saints, and that is pressure. Pressure can make a great quarterback average quick. The offensive line is just a little off right now. and Yeah. You know, there were some, yeah, there were some times where it looked a little off. There were a few times where he held the football as well. You know, again, it's like it wasn't like it was a non-competitive game. I mean, they go on the road out there and had a chance to, they absolutely had a chance um, to win. But, um, you know, the Raiders, you know, are better. They look that way. And like I said, as once the Saints jumped up on them quick, here came the Raiders, and they were just, they were a step ahead in the booth. The way they called their offense, they were a step ahead of the Saints at every crucial time, it seemed like. And the Raiders were more physical. Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Abram, Waller, they couldn't tackle him. Once he did catch it, they couldn't cover him to keep him from catching it. That's what it boiled down to. Nick, country pleasing text. Can't wait to drink the Dallas Tears when Drew retires and Dak saddles up and comes home to New Orleans and teams up with Peyton. Listen, let me say it right now. I don't know that this would happen, Nick, and I don't know that it's a possibility. Have no clue. We don't know the future, but listen. 
the best thing for Dak would be if he bounced into free agency and wound up in New Orleans and got to play on that team with Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara and in that organization with Sean Payton. That's what I'll say. Hey, and look, Sven's bringing up a great point. We're all, we're all talking about Drew Brees, and he's got you know, his arm's dead, and they're playing without Michael Thomas. You think he makes a difference? Yeah. He totally changes how defenses have to play you. Uh, Ghost Pepper, don't sleep on my Cardinals, he says. Murray looks like a little four-year-old who stole something out of the kitchen and is running from his mother. <laughs> if you ain't a bird, you're a bird seed. <laughs> That's fantastic. Is that really what they say if you're a Cardinals fan? <laughs> oh, Lord, is that really what they say, Ghost Pepper? This man cracks me up. He said he's a Cardinals fan, and he said, if you ain't a bird, you're bird seed. <laughs> I don't know why that tickled me so much this morning. All right. <clears throat> we got a game that's going to happen uh, in our neck of the woods here this weekend. Ole Miss is going to host Florida. They have not hosted Florida in Oxford a whole bunch over the years, only a few times. So it's going to be interesting. One way or the other, the thing is interesting. Let's talk with somebody who knows all about playing football in the SEC. Put your arms out. Slam them together. You're doing the gator chomp. And welcome in former Florida All-American quarterback, NFL signal caller for the Bears, and the pride of Pascagoula, Shane Matthews, on your radio right now. Shane I appreciate a little bit of time, and uh, I hope you don't mind me referring to you as the pride of Pascagoula. Well, that, that, that's true, Matt, but I also grew up in Cleveland, so we got to give a shout-out to Cleveland as well. I, I went to both schools. A Delta boy and then to the coast. You kind of got the full experience, didn't you? No doubt about it, from the <laughs> cotton fields down to the coast. Yeah, yeah, and then get to go play for Spurrier. I mean, you kind of been around the world. Shane, um, that's the interesting thing, too, about uh, you know your time at Florida and then this, this matchup that we're going to talk a little bit about and preview Florida versus Ole Miss. You and I were talking recently. I found out. I didn't realize it until you told me, and I'm sure there are people listening who didn't know, but because you grew up in, Ole, uh, in Mississippi, you were a big Ole Miss fan growing up, right? Oh, I was a diehard. You know, my dad played for Johnny Vault back in the day. My mom was a cheerleader there. So I, I grew up going to Ole Miss games every Saturday, no matter, no matter where they played. And then, uh, when I was fortunate enough to start getting recruited, uh, you know, Billy Brewer was the coach at the time and they kind of wanted me, but didn't really want me, if that makes any sense. So uh, I didn't even take a visit there, believe it or not. Hmm. You know, and I'll be honest with you. I mean, it has to be a little salt and, you know, somebody's wounds if they're an Ole Miss fan to think, okay, hold on a minute. Peyton Manning and Shane Matthews grew up Ole Miss fans, and not a doggone one of them played here. I mean, the chances of that happening are slim, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't want to put my career anywhere near what Peyton did, but uh, and I'm sure he caught a lot of grief uh, when he made the decision to go to Tennessee. And, you know, Archie was my hero growing up. Uh, he played one year with my dad, I believe, and, you know, you grew up in Mississippi, you like the Saints, and uh, he was my guy growing up. But, yeah, uh, it's, it's crazy that uh, 
Peyton ended up going to Tennessee. Yeah. Shane Matthews on your radio. You, you mentioned winding up at Florida. Just out of curiosity, take me back to that, Shane. How, what was that recruitment like, and how did you decide on Florida? Well, uh, I basically narrowed my choices down to Florida, Florida State, LSU, Texas A&M, and uh, then kind of narrowed it down. I, did, I wanted to play in the SEC, and I had a lot of uh, – my best friend in high school was our center. He committed to LSU, so uh, Tommy Hodson was their quarterback at the time. We had the same kind of bill, so they were feeding me all the BS. You're our next Tommy Hodson, yada, yada, yada. But uh, for whatever reason, I, I, I like Florida. My parents like Florida, and I ended up signing there. And, you know, Galen Hall was the coach at the time. In my first couple of years, I didn't play. I was buried way down on the depth chart. And if they'd had the transfer portal back in those days, I probably would have been gone. Hmm. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing about it. I've, I've mentioned that to people now. But, Shane, like, not only was there not a portal, transferring was just not something people did, was it, back then? No. No, not at all. And with my dad being a high school coach, he, uh, he and my mom didn't want me to transfer at all. And I actually wanted to go transfer to Ole Miss. A lot of my high school buddies who didn't go play college ball obviously were up there and, you know, fraternities and what have you. And we all know that it's a pretty good scene up in Oxford. Yeah. So, uh, I wanted to transfer there, but my mom and dad wouldn't allow it. Yeah. Isn't that really interesting? Shane Matthew. And, and in your time at Florida, you never played against Ole Miss, did you? I did not. I want to say it was my, gosh, I can't remember if it was my true freshman year or my red shirt year. We played in Jackson against Ole Miss. I did get to travel because okay. a lot of times uh, back in those days, I don't know if they had a restriction on how many kids could travel. Uh, but if you played, you know, if you were from that state or what have you, they would, would let that kid travel. Okay. So I did go to the Florida Ole Miss game in Jackson, and I can't remember if it was my freshman year in 88 or 89. I can't remember. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, it's like, you know, the, the way the, the league has always rotated things and cross divisions. You, you had a period of time of great success there when you got on the field, obviously. Um, uh, leading Florida to prominence, playing an SEC title game, being an All-American, just never had Ole Miss opposite the schedule there. It's just kind of the way it worked out. So when we look at this, here is Ole Miss this weekend, modern day, going to host this Florida team. Shane, from your vantage point as you've followed the Gators, uh, what do you make of what Dan Mullen's done so far at Florida? Well, he's done a tremendous job. I mean, in two years we've won 21 games and two major bowl victories and he's got us back in contention for competing for championships and that's what we need uh you know what he did at mississippi state was phenomenal in my opinion all the bowl trips they took there and at one time had a number one team in the country so the guy can coach um you know it's 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 interesting because who really knows what to expect because of all the, the pandemic going on. Mm-hmm. It's just the way the life of college athletes and college coaches has been just changed so much. All the protocol they have to go through, how their practices have changed, meetings have changed, how you travel. So I don't really know what to expect. I think Florida's a pretty good team. Uh, but, you know, Ole Miss has Lane Kiffin, and I think he's a good coach. You never know what kind of tricks he's going to have up his sleeve. And they got two talented quarterbacks, and we don't know which one's going to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's almost impossible to prepare, um, you know, for an offense anyway. If you're Todd Grantham in Florida, you just kind of have to, 
I guess, Shane, like on the defensive side, Florida goes in there and says, okay, they got new coach, quarterbacks, we're not even sure who's going to play. You just go in, you think, as a defense and say, look, this is who we are, it's what we're going to do, regardless of what they do in week one? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Todd is very aggressive, as, as everyone knows. And, and sometimes when you're an aggressive play caller on that side of the ball, you don't give up big plays. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and Lane, is, to me, is a really good offensive coordinator. He, he can really out-scheme you and get mismatches. And Coach Mullen said it in our press conference yesterday, you know, John Rice Plumley might be the fastest player in the SEC. He yeah. said he's faster than anybody on the Florida roster. Yeah. And and that's pretty amazing from a from a quarterback standpoint. But yeah, you know, it's a lot of people are disappointed that you know Florida's only getting like 500 tickets to this game, and it's mostly for for players' parents uh, because this is a, a trip that the Gator fans have had on their calendar for quite some time to be able to go to Oxford to the Grove and get the experience of what it's like an Ole Miss game, and, and nobody's going to get to do that. But it should be a lot of fun, but it's, it's a lot of uncertainty. And, you know, I think Ole Miss is going to keep it pretty close for a while, but I think Florida is just too deep for them. And I got question marks with Ole Miss's defense. Shane Matthews on your radio right now, former Florida Gator great. He was the SEC player of the year in 90 and 91. And more than a cup of coffee in the NFL, but a long career there that spanned uh, better than 10 years with uh, several different teams. He's on your radio right now. We're looking ahead to Florida. Ole Miss uh, this weekend in Oxford. You touched on Lane Kiffin. Um, Shane, is as far as your familiarity with him, is it just been kind of from a distance following him when he was at USC and Alabama and then there in Florida at FAU, just kind of watching him on television? Is that it? Yeah, I mean, I've met him a couple of times. don't know him real well, but just, you know, he's had good offenses everywhere he's been. I mean, yeah. he was a young head coach in the NFL with the Raiders. The guy knows football. Um, I think it's a great hire for Ole Miss. I think he's going to do wonderful things there. I think it's going to take time for them to, to build a program. Um, but he's the kind of guy, you know, I've always said it, it, you know, whether it's Ole Miss, Mississippi State, I mean, anytime you're playing in the West, it's hard week in and week out because you got to compete against LSU, Auburn, and Alabama. But with Leach and with Kiffin there in the state, it gives you an opportunity to actually upset those big-time programs. And that's really what it takes, isn't it? I mean, like, if you're going to, at all, whether it's short-term or for the long haul, climb that ladder, you eventually have to go out and, and be a David and slay Goliath. you got to do it several times a year, don't you? Yeah, you do. I mean, think about it. Uh, when Hugh Freeze was at Ole Miss, it seemed like they beat Alabama every year yeah. because of their style of play. And, you know, I think Dan, as we talked about Dan Mullen at Mississippi State, he did wonderful things there, too. I mean, they manhandled LSU a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think with with the pedigree of those two coaches at those two schools now, it should be fun for the state of Mississippi for a long time, as long as they're there. Yeah. <laughs> Shane, it's really interesting to kind of hear you tie those things together. And I'm thinking about it, You're exactly right. Mullen, in nine years at State, had uh, things built by the time he left where physically they were stepping on the field and physically going toe-to-toe with Alabama and LSU. They did. They beat LSU some. They never beat Alabama, but they would physically go out there and play with them, which for a lot of years you didn't think you could do that at State. And it wasn't no. – you know, at, at State, Mullen's style was not we're going to air it out and go upset somebody. It was actually consistently being physical every week. 
Yeah, he, he wants to run the football. But, you know, the, the thing about Dan is he, he's just a good play caller. Mm. I mean, think about to the Florida, the Florida, uh, Florida Mississippi State game last year. You know, y'all had, was it last year or maybe two years ago? Dan's first yeah. year. I can't, two years ago when we played there, uh, we, we weren't very good. Mm. And he knew we couldn't block your defensive lineman. And we didn't drop back and throw it a bunch. We threw it sideways mm-hmm. and never allowed those guys to, to make plays. And that, that goes to coaching. You know, a, a good coach is going to take what he has and try to out-scheme you. And uh, that's what he did, in my opinion, at Mississippi State. And he built a great program there. I think I think now I can't wait to watch Mike Leach take over that program. Think about Leach. You know he's going to put up numbers offensively. Mm-hmm. He's never been in a place where they've had athletes, as good as Mississippi State athletes, to play defense. Yeah. So who knows how good Mississippi State can be under him? Yeah. Yeah. He's going to have a little bit of a different experience. And he actually touched on that um, in an early press opportunity. Somebody was asking him to compare here versus when he took over at Texas Tech and Washington State. And the first thing he said was, he goes, well, we got a little bit better athletes here. You know, and and I think he's right as far as taking over a job. He walks in with a few pieces. Um, Right away. Um, back to Florida real quick, Shane. I, I think they, if, if everything goes normal and rosters don't get completely depleted by this virus or something crazy happening like that, I, I think Florida wins it in the East this year. What do you think their ceiling is? I think they, they, I think they win the East too. I just, you know, it's probably between Florida and Georgia, but Georgia's got so many question marks with a new offense coordinator, quarterback play. We don't know who it's going to be. And uh, I just think we have all the pieces in place. Our entire staff's back, and we got a lot of players back, plus the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think there are going to be two teams in the four-team playoff this year. Okay. And I think it'll probably come down to probably the two teams that make the SEC championship game, whether you win or lose. I think they can get into the to the playoff system. Be interesting to see who that is. And, you know, I guess as of right now, we sort of know who Georgia's quarterback is, but... JT Daniels is not cleared just yet, and it's Tuesday. Are you hearing anything from Athens on that? No, I hear the same thing you're hearing. I, you know, I feel like JT Daniels kind of fits what Georgia wants to do offensively. Yeah. Um, you know, the whole Jamie Newman thing is weird to me. Uh, I don't know why you transfer there and then opt out. I don't know if he just got beat out yeah. in scrimmages and realized, you know what, uh, I don't want to transfer my senior year and sit on, sit on the bench. So um, who knows what really happened. But I think eventually JT Daniels, when he's cleared, will be their guy. Yeah, I kind of think so, too. And then you know, Kirby Smart seemed to be positive that they were going to get that done this week. But it's the NCAA we're talking about. And, you know, it could be January for all we know. Uh, you know, Right. So we'll we'll see about that. Well, Shane, um, I really do appreciate some time. It's it's neat to get to talk to you, and I'd love to kind of stay in touch throughout the year as we follow Florida. I do think they're going to do big things. If you, if you, um, with a couple of minutes left here, if you had to kind of, and I know this is touchy when you're a former great at the school and played the position to go out here and predict what a player could or would do, just wanted to ask you, what do you think the ceiling is this year for Trask? Uh, I think he'll play better than he did last year because mm-hmm. he, he's he's more comfortable in the system. Now we lost four receivers to the NFL, but we got a lot of good young ones, a ton of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I think Emory Jones is still going to play some because I think Dan still wants that running quarterback. Yeah. Um, but I think Trask. I mean, you think about it too. 
the kid can come back next year. He won't. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Everybody can. This can't. Yeah. This year doesn't count. But in order for us to to have the year we want to have, he needs to play at the level he played at last year or even higher. Yeah. Well, and Mullen quarterbacks have done that. Everybody who started for Mullen came out there and was better the next year than they were the year before. He kind of has a magic touch with that, so it would be really interesting to see. Hey, Shane, it's always great to hear your voice. I know people here and around Jackson are glad to hear you, and uh, just thanks, and I appreciate your time. Talk to you soon. Yeah, man, I, w- I want to give a shout-out to my buddy Kyle Mars, who owns Live Oaks Golf Club there, and a good little golf course. He's, he's turned it into a masterpiece there, and, and uh, people need to get out there and tee it up while they can. Absolutely, and the weather is perfect for. I don't know what it is in Gainesville, but today the high is about seventy-five. It is football oh, wow. weather. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful weather for golf as well. All Thanks, right. Shane. Appreciate you. Hi, Matt. Take care. Take care. You too. That's Shane Matthews, former Florida quarterback. Says uh, Florida has all the pieces. Dan Mullen, excellent coach. It's going to be fun in Mississippi with the coaches you have here, and make sure you get out to Live Oaks play a little golf. How about the, he got the plug in there, JB? <laughs> I know, man. That's those great. two, uh, th- those two were a pair at Florida for a while, and then, and Kyle ended up transferring to uh, Mississippi College. Yeah. So did you I hear that? What, also? Man, you won't you won't put on any finer greens right now at a course like Live Oaks. The did you hear also? He said in there, not only did he grow up an Ole Miss fan, yeah, and wound up going to be the SEC Player of the Year two years at Florida, but at one point thought about transferring from yeah. Florida to Ole Miss, and his parents didn't want him to. They had a shot at him twice. He was just going to go to school. <laughs> they had a shot at him twice. Didn't get him either yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Boom. Isn't that amazing how that works out sometimes? He was a heck of a player. I know that much. Yeah, he's right. I think he's right. Um, Florida, they don't know what they're going to see out of Ole Miss this weekend. They got no clue. They got nothing to prepare for. <laughs> So there may be a few surprises in there when they tee it up this Saturday in Oxford. All right, Uh, hour two, just getting started. Y'all stick around. Man, man, I'm just going to admit something to y'all. I made good grades in school for the most part coming up. I mean, really, for the most part, I learned a lot, you know, made good test scores, never really had much of an issue academically. But I could have done really well in school if I hadn't had this wandering heart. Um, My teachers never would sit me by a window because I would stare out the window all day and just wish I were outside. I'd think about other things, mostly, well, really three things. Ball, hunt, fish. That was it. Ball, hunt, fish. That was life. That's all I cared about. You know, they're like, let's see, how can we get Matt motivated to do well in school? Oh, I know. Tell him that if he doesn't make good grades, he can't play ball. Okay. Got him. Well, now I am having a struggle here. i got to get my mind on work. Of course, we're just doing a t- we're just doing a radio show, but VFL in Mississippi, Vol for Life in Mississippi, just tweeted me with a picture and says, "Matt, remember Friday when you were talking about cooler weather and the crappie moving up? Let's just say you were spot on. Hop on board sometime, and we'll pull some slabs." And he sent me a picture. 
of his live well full of what looks to me to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 to 14 inch long crappie. I just say that because I know they put limits on it somewhere. I don't know if they have limits where you fish or not. Uh, but look at that. I mean, the guy, his live well, it ain't a live well, okay? They're probably going to pour ice over it and go eat those tonight. But it's slam full. And whoever you are, I want to go fishing with you. You hear me? I don't want this to just be something that we tweet about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to go fishing with you. Matt's pulling her brooks and inviting himself. Yes, I am. I mean, now look, I'm not too <laughs> proud to do that. But he's the one that said it. He said, hop on board sometime and we'll pull some slabs. Like, I don't just tweet me about it. Send me a phone number, something. So basically what you're telling me is he's gotten you distracted. Yeah, where am I? What are we supposed to be doing? (sighs) It's a sports talk show. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, Real quick, and then I'm coming to the phone. Uh, Yes, there's some news breaking. How about this staff? Patrick on Facebook, thanks for the heads up. I saw it on Twitter also. Uh, it is being reported that, according to sources, Deion Sanders' coaching staff at Jackson State will be Jason Phillips' offensive coordinator, Terrell Owens, T.O., wide receiver coach, Warren Sapp, defensive line coach. There's two or three Hall of Famers there. Dennis Thurman, defensive coordinator, Mario Edwards Sr. will be defensive backs coach. And then two guys who are currently on the staff, T.C. Taylor and Otis Ridley, uh, going to continue to be there and work. How cool is that? Sap coaching a defensive line. To coaching receivers. Is he going to teach him how to hide a sharpie in his song? <laughs> or go up and grab some popcorn? That'd be fantastic. Yeah. All right. Uh, Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. Somebody told me that I'm reading fake news. Let me hold on real quick, Jay. Uh, let's see. <laughs> This is, Dion said that's not true. <laughs> We're reading fake news. That's no, all right, man. It sounded good. Well, look, I mean. I'm not I'm a big T.O. fan, but I like Warren Sapp, okay. Well, but look, see, and I'm getting, um, let's see here, Fox College Football official account with 200,000 followers. They got fooled, too, then, because they tweeted it, and Tim Brando retweeted it. <laughs> Tim Brando, there you go. <laughs> hey, don't feel bad. if, if There it is. Yeah. You know Tim pretty well, though, don't you? Yeah, I'll just text. Okay, Deion Sanders says, this is absolutely wrong. This is how junk gets started. Not a good way to get started with me. Hashtag Coach Prime. Wow. (laughs) That's a tweet from Deion Sanders. (laughs) I still can't believe he wants to be called Coach Prime. Man, look, and that's great. That's fine. And we may never get a chance to interview him, or we might. But my thing is, I don't know if I can... Refer to him as Coach Prime. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll do it. You could just call him number twenty-one. Pull the pull the coach Cheryl. See, normally I say Coach anyway. Coach yeah. this, Coach that. I just say Coach. Yeah. Um, I'd do it out of respect. If he says that's what I want to be called, I'd do it. Okay, Coach Prime. Then yeah, I'd do it. Okay. All right, here we go. Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment Madison, and in Jackson. Jay. On the phone. What's up, Jay? Hey, how y'all guys doing today, buddy? Just right. Hey. Oh, great. Listen, uh, Shane Matthew, that was a great interview. Thank you. Uh, I haven't heard that, I haven't heard that name in years, dude. I promise. Yeah. That's 
one of the reasons why I became a Gator fan. Because when I found out that he was from Mississippi, I said, you know what? I got to be on this guy's team. I got to be on this team. And that's one of the reasons. Other reasons I couldn't stand Miami and I could not stand Florida State. So <laughs> the Gators was much more subtle. They was a flamboyant like Hurricane was. And I wasn't a big Bobby Bowden fan. So, you know, that's why I stuck with the Gators. I'm still a Gator fan. Um, as far as Dion, I'm, I'm sorry, Coach Prime. I'm yep, sorry. There you go. Um, uh, I'm still debating on this because you got to be from Mississippi to get those recruits. You got to know where to go and what high school to go to. That's why you got to bring somebody in that's from Mississippi to help you out. Mm-hmm. Um, but he gonna bring the crowd in. Yeah. And I'm gonna go to the game. Yeah. You know, just, just see what's going on. I'm, I'm gonna go. But I'm still just tossed up with this. Um, I, I know that they need the money, you know, hey, but I, I'm gonna go support. But I don't know how this gonna work out, guys. Yeah. I, 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 I still don't. Well, and let's say uh, it like this. Let's say it like this, Jay. This is one thing that I, I, uh, I, I believe. Uh, long term is how, you know, whether or not this works out, it'll be judged long term, right? So we're talking three years in, four years in. Now, maybe, maybe best case scenario is they win right away and somebody comes in and scoops him up. I don't know, but I'm saying if we get three years down the road, he's turned it around, they're recruiting, they're starting to win and challenge for the swack. That's what we're talking about would be the success here. That's how we would judge whether or not this is a success. Okay, so let's say it like it is. Will his name and who he is get lots of headlines and help him get into some doors and that kind of thing around the state? Yes. But I agree with you 100%, Jay. Number one, he needs a staff who has connections at high schools in Mississippi. High school coaches and, and by and large, players throughout the state, it's cool, but they need to get to know you. Recruiting is about relationships. And almost no matter who you are, if you're not in those high schools day after day after day, every time they will let your staff in, if you're not there outworking people, then those kids are going somewhere else. It's about relationships. So... The name is great. The publicity is fantastic. You couldn't get more publicity. But it must translate into working really hard on the recruiting trail. And and, and that's one of the reasons why the last coach didn't work, because I think one of the coaches, he's from L.A., he's from California. Mississippi, you got to acquire a taste down here. You just can't move down here and just, you know, just jump in how and just and just jail in with us. You got to acquire taste. You got to know the country. Yeah. You got to how to know how to talk to people and speak to people and how the people speak to you. See, and I don't uh, think I don't think Deion Sanders himself is going to have any issue with that at all himself. You know, yeah, but but yeah. I think you're right. It's a matter of you know filling the staff with people that can, frankly, with the the types of players you're trying to go get that can go out here and build a stronger relationship with kids in and around Mississippi than the coaches at Alcorn can. Every now and then exactly. do a, you know, build a better relationship with a player than than Southern Miss can, you know, and and stuff like that. 
and and even you know the the states and the old misses in this state with certain players, but just like you said, Jay, it only happens if they're out there outworking people. It ain't going to happen just because he's Dion. It won't happen for that exactly. reason. Exactly. Um, oh, on, on the prediction, I got Florida thirty-eight and uh, Ole Miss ten. Thirty-eight. I'm sorry, 10. Ole Miss fans, but. But, yeah, because I don't, I don't think Ole Miss, feel like Shane said, I don't, I don't think Ole Miss got the depth to hang with these guys. These guys are real good. They are real good this year. Yeah, and what we don't know about. Hey, what? Okay, hey, appreciate the call, Jay. Thank you. What we don't know about Ole Miss is, you know, how many. Uh, when we come back in a minute, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump into some stuff that that um, Lane Kiffin said yesterday. Let's see if we have time for DJ real quick before music starts on the Divinity phone. Hey, DJ, what's up? Hey, just want to comment on the, uh, the Jackson State hire. Look, I, I know all the positives and negatives that are being said, but let me just say this. Whoever thought that we would be talking about Jackson State as the prime topic, and the thing, I didn't mean to use prime there, but, you know, <laughs> he's built a new facility. He's got automatic name recognition. Yeah, we don't know how it's going to play in the long haul, but who would have thought six months ago that the most famous coach in Mississippi wouldn't be Mike Lee? Elaine Kiffin and would be the coach of Jackson State. That's right. Now, I, I get it. And, and let's, let's be honest. He, if he builds the facilities that they're talking about building, what he has the ability to do, he's going to put all the other schools behind the level. And, and, and there again, with the cultural revolution, uh, and the vice presidential candidate is urging kids to return to historically black institutions. So I think it's a perfect fit at the perfect time. Now, five years from now, we may say, you know, but I can't think anybody else has got the state. And, you know, when people talk about, you know, the X's and O's. Hey, uh, DJ, we got a split. You're getting cut on time. Hang tight and hang on, and you can finish it later if you have time. Thank you. Stick around. Okay. All right, back. About to wrap up hour two. Hey, JB. Yes, sir. You know good and well, either Warren Sapp or T.O. or both started that rumor <laughs> and are laughing about it right now. You know good and well Sapp started that. Texted somebody, called somebody, and said, hey, 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 tell them that me and T.O. are going to be on his staff. <laughs> See what happens. You know good and well they started it. It would have been more believable for me if he just said Jerry Rice was going to be on the staff. Yeah, why not? Hey, and look, look, here's the thing about it. Who was it? Uh, Jay, he said, look, now people are coming to the games. People are going to turn out to watch primetime coach. Look, absolutely. He said, I'm going to go. I'd go. If I had the chance, if I wasn't working on Saturdays in the fall, I'm telling you you I would go. If for nothing else but the sonic boom. Oh, yeah. I've, I've been to quite a few JSU games. And, the, and and you were one bit, of yeah. you were one of many 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 many. Let me give you a stat, and then I'm coming uh, to the phone. Look here, look at him. Got to go look quick here. too because we got stuff to do, including we got to hear what Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin said yesterday. But I just want to tell you this. All right. Two years ago, 2018 college football season. Who led the FCS in attendance? Jackson State averaged. Over 24,770 fans at four home games in 2018 led the entire country in home attendance in the football championship subdivision. Number I bet one, they Jackson had State. Double than that, tailgating. 
Uh, right. Number one, yeah. Jackson State. Number two, Montana. Number three, James Madison. Number four, Southern. Number five, North Dakota State. Last year, their attendance went up. Mm-hmm. Jackson State last year averaged 33,762 across five home games. Every year, Jackson State leads the FCS, the entire country, they lead the FCS in attendance. And you're right. That's with as many people outside the stadium. Oh, yeah. They can pull that thing together. And for everything we're talking about, if they want to make it work and win on the field, okay, they got to coach and recruit. Okay, and that's not going to happen because of just who you are. you got to put in the work. But they're going to have support and momentum. There is no question about that. All right, here yeah, we go. There, there's no doubt they'll support it because they, they have supported some of the worst coaches over the last 15 years than they've ever had, but they still, they, they want a winner. Yes. And I, and I think that's evident with who they hired. So let's, uh, look at him. Look at him. Chicken Hawk on the Divinity Equipment phone line. What's up, Mr. Hawk? Now look at him. I'm finna tell you something. Oh, uh, they can't nobody Say, if there's anybody that listens, hey, Norman, that's my buddy over there. He didn't realize it was me on here for the last two years. But anyway, look at him. Oh, I'm going to tell you right now, they can't nobody say nothing about me and me talking. If they listen to this doggone show right here, everybody talks about how I talk. They don't believe you. Look, I can't hold a candle to you. Meaning what? Hello? <laughs> Meaning what? Meaning that yo you what we would call you on the chicken band radio you is a biscuit lip <laughs> <laughs> you the biscuit lip bastard. but look here I'll tell you something real quick uh uh what they go I got some buddies that play basketball football over there and I got a couple coaches that went over there to JSU now if y'all listening anybody with JSU you please listen give the man a chance. You got to have at least four five. You let him get his boys, and Amen. he's gonna recruit well, right now. And it, what that's gonna be a freshman next year. Let the man have four five years before y'all fire him, please. <laughs> you know, do do the state of Mississippi. Do y'all self a favor. Now, real quick, Rick. I know you said you had to go. You always got to go with me. Let me tell you a story. Now, I was recruited by the Squack. I signed with Alabama A and M. Had a full scholarship over there. And, uh, but I got, me and three of my buddies were being recruited by JSU. We went to the Turkey Bowl over there. That's, that's when they had us there, you know. And that's when Marino Chasm was coaching. Well, all corn, the corn done got down there to about the 10. I don't forget what it was. Anyway, they got Kaz fired up. Kaz went to cussing, kicking, running down on the field. Make a long story short. They back the corn back up over to 50. Then the, then the referees finally just said, crap on this. The refs walked off the field. I mean, coaches and players was tugging on Cass. You know, Cass was kind of fluffy. They was trying to tug on Cass. Cass wouldn't have no part of the ball. I'm talking about he was throwing a fit. And look, it took 45 minutes for that game to resume. <laughs> that was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life. I ain't never seen nothing like it. So the coach ran the officials off. Well, they, well, they got tired. Well, they kept, kept, got tired of throwing flags. They started at the <laughs> 10. They were sending the score. They were sending the score. And then I don't know what, what the penalty was. And then, and then Kaz, man, oh, no. He run out on the field, throwed his hat down, went to kicking. 
They flagged them again. They kept flagging them until they got back over the 50-yard line. And then finally, the Cavs, I mean, he this oh, he was showing up. And uh, the refs just said, crap on it, and walked off and went back down up underneath the stadium to their little referee, referee room. And uh, about 45 minutes later, uh, Cavs, I guess, agreed to take the penalties and whatever. <laughs> we started the game back up, man. But, hey, that was a, that was a doggone hoop right there. But uh, look at him. That's great. Uh, I love y'all. And look, one quick question. Do you, uh, now seriously, I mean, a lot of folks are getting crazy. You know I am a hashtag clinging thing. Hell State man all the way. Got the blood in me, the blood out of me, the blood around me. All the way. I'm the man. But, you reckon we're going to get close enough? I mean, I think we could possibly beat LSU. And I'm, I'm sure that Florida, Coach Dan got Florida, you know, he got the school up north normally anyway, did when, when he was up here. So he, got, you know, he, he, he gonna spank them over there and gonna put a crack in, crack in the grove. They gonna start calling it the groove cause of that big groove that Dan walked down through there with them, you know. But do you think, possibly, I mean, I think we could win. You know, they only got one boy coming back on offense. That's the center. Mm-hmm. And I get that court and Coach Jose. So Joe called me the other day. Coach Joe said, we, we got the defense. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Coach Joe said they got the defense. Mm-hmm. But do you think we can get within seven and keep it respectable <laughs> and maybe win? Get within seven, keep it respectable. Yes. They are. And, and yeah, maybe I think win. they can. I, I, I will. Yes. I think they can win the game. Mm-hmm. Okay, look. Bring me back some boudin. I like, I like the seafood of seafood. I like seafood. Boudin, bring me back some boudin, and go over there to Grass Teeth to the Tiger Truck Stop and get me some uh, alligator sausage at Too Faced. Man, they got some over there. It's off I-10. Let's go back over, to, over, you know, toward Lafayette there a little bit, toward Bro Bridge. But bring me back a big thing of alligator sausage. Uh, what did I say? Well, Too Faced. Yeah, Too Faced. And some uh, shrimp boudin. And one more thing. Clang-a-clang-a-hail-state, hashtag, see, see. Chicken Hawk out. How about this, JB? We got a text while Chicken Hawk was on the air talking just then <laughs> yeah, so. from somebody that is unnamed on the text line yeah. who texted one minute ago. It said, what a waste of airtime. Here's the thing, though. At 10.52 a.m. today during Chris Brooks's show, he this same person texted, killing your show. To them. What do you want to bet? That was during a chicken hawk call. Yeah. You go at, back and look at the two previous. <laughs> at 1038 this morning, he pl- he texted, please, 30-second limit. Wednesday, last Wednesday at 1 p.m., he texted, what a waste. September the 15th at 1147 a.m., this person texted, keep Hawk off the phone. You'll have more time. This person only texts the show when Chicken Hawk calls in. <laughs> he does not like his phone calls on this show. I will say that I don't have time for uh, <laughs> right now. Coming up in a minute. <laughs> Look, the person just texted us back and confirmed it. Exactly. He just texted us back. Whoever this is... Just I'm going to call him the Chicken Hawk Hater. That's going to be his new moniker. Let's put that in there. Hawk yeah. Hater. Hawk Hater. Hawk Hater 
just confirmed by texting us, and it said, exactly, with three exclamation points. That is the Hawk hater. Flowtown Ghost said, Chicken Hawk can talk. Can you imagine, Flowtown Ghost, the audacity of Biscuit Lips Chicken Hawk (laughs) to get on my radio show and accuse me of being loquacious? Look it up! (laughs) <laughs> Look that one up. Oh, Matt gets a point. Yeah. And accuse yeah. me. When here's the thing. It's not we're not doing a ball game. We don't have a ball in the air for y'all to watch. This is radio. You're here to listen. To what? To me and JB and other people do what? Talk. Call in and accuse me of being I don't know. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of your job on the show to be biscuit lips, right? I've never heard that term before. Chicken hawk? I've heard biscuit eater, but never biscuit lips. Chicken hawk? You may be chicken hawk to everybody else. I say, I say, boy. But to me, from now on, you are biscuit lips. (laughs) That is your name. The next time JB sends me a message and it says, Caller, Chicken Hawk, you know what I'm going to welcome to the show? Thanks for calling the Divinity Equipment phone line, Biscuit Lips. (laughs) Stick around.